This is the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Man, good, good truth and well done, and so glad for what this time of the year means. And um, today, we are excited for a lot of reasons to have Gabe and Erica Waite and Claire back with us. I think in the Pirtle family, Laura was just absolutely so excited to see Claire. And then uh, we, you know, built her all up that we were going to see her on Thursday. And then Claire had the flu earlier in the week and was contagious until today. So Laura was weeping bitter tears. And, um, you know, I felt like a, a jerk parent for building her all up and then having to let her down there. But this morning and during, you know, before early service, back there in the playroom, there was a joyful reunion. And that was probably the member of our family that was the most excited. But... Uh, that, I mean, we got to have Gabe play bass with us this morning, which is awesome. And then um, they're going to share with us today. Now, it's it's I've never that I remember heard a missionary presentation on a Christmas Sunday. But as you are going to find out, this is an absolutely perfect uh, thing for you to be hearing about today. Jesus came into the world, and because he came as the first missionary to an alien culture. Um, we believe that we follow his example and we go to share his light with the rest of the world. And so I'm really excited for Gabe and Erica Waite to come now and share with us what God's been doing through them in New York this year. Gabe and Erica, come ahead. Thanks, Jim. We are... Excited to be here, too. Um, it's great to see familiar faces. Um, it's great to see our friends and our family. Um, it's great to see the sky. That's great. Um, not used to that much. Uh, it was um, grass is kind of a novelty now. So um, at least I think not with, like, I shouldn't say this, but not with, like, um, dog feces. Um, so, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, livestock are good that we've seen. Um, and then we get to stay at Joe and Faith's um, cabin, so we get to see a lot of wildlife since we've been here. Um, so six months is, it's been long, but at the same time, it's really went by pretty quickly for us. Um, we've been really busy in the city, and um, so it's been good, though. Um, we are really excited about what God's doing there um, and kind of letting us be a part of. Uh, so... Our, you kind of maybe wonder what we what we're doing there. Um, you maybe for training, ministry. What does that kind of look like? Um, I think I sleep until ten thirty and then watch basketball all night. So that's mostly what I do. Um, I do that sometimes, but not very often. So, um, but yeah. So our ministry and our training. Our training was six weeks. Uh, pretty intense. We were there eight hours a day, kind of learning methodology, um, kind of reshaping our thinking on what it looks like to reach people and what that looks like, where that might be, um, uh, kind of pushing us out of our comfort zone a little bit, um, which is great. Uh, now, the last three to four months, our ministry has really started. So we're um, really, our ministry is kind of twofold. It is a lot focused in our neighborhood with our, with Albanians. So uh, we live in a very heavily populated Albanian neighborhood. And um, in our ministry, 
with them is a little difficult at times. It's, um, they're a very inclusive group of people. It's hard to penetrate. Um, they don't really accept outsiders very well. So a lot of our ministry now is just trying to make relationships, um, get into spiritual conversations, share the gospel, and see, um, see if they're interested. Um, ultimately, our goal is to find interested people that we can then have them gather their friends, their family, and start studying the Word with. Um, that is our ultimate goal in that, and then from that, a church will be formed. So we, there's lots of different ways we meet people. Most of the time, it's just out on the street, just talking to people, um, kind of putting yourself out there and um, letting the Holy Spirit do, do the work, mostly. So um, there's been some interesting ways that we've met people. I can say, like, I mean, if you know me, like, I don't really like to talk that much, so it's great that the Holy Spirit is there because I don't have to do that sometimes. So, one story, we're on our way back um, home on the subway. It's about an hour ride, and this random guy starts talking to me. Um, and he's asking to me what we're doing here. Um, this is usually what you get, like, I've been here six months, like, where'd you come from, Missouri? Why in the world did you come here? Um, so, kind of explain that, that our long-term goal is to go to Albania. So he's like, really? He's like, I know I'm going to Morris Park, which is our neighborhood. Um, I know these two Albanian guys that you need to meet. So we went. Um, I hung out with them for probably an hour, hour and a half. Um, and now I have two Albanian friends. So it's interesting how the, how the spirit works when you just kind of get out of the way um, and let him do things. Because that never would have happened with me talking to some random guy on the subway. So, um, And then a lot of it is just... Coffee is a huge thing in Albania and in Albanian culture. So it's a lot of um, Eric and I meeting people, um, asking them the coffee. Um, that's a pretty easy entry point um, for them. So, And just really trying to build relationships because they don't trust people very much and um, just building up trust um, with us in the community and with them individually. And that's a lot of what the Albanian ministry looks like. The other side of our ministry is... Um, student ministry at uh, Columbia University. So we taught uh, English conversation classes. So just helping students with um, conversational English, basically, just to be able to practice. And these students, most of them in our, we both taught a class. Uh, most of them are masters and PhD students. So they're, they're very intelligent um, and they just need help with conversational English. Two of my guys were visiting professors of universities in China. So um, that's kind of where that starts. And then we have individual meetings with them, just see if they want to get together for dinner or lunch, engage their spiritual interest. And um, so and there's been, the Lord has really blessed um, us with that so far. There's been, I've been able to study with uh, one individual and he is, you need to pray for him, his name is Xiao Young. He, we studied for probably three months, and now he's back in China. He was only there in New York for a year. Um, yes, we studied the Bible. We didn't study, like, um, mathematics or something. Uh, yeah, so he, going through, he believes everything what the Bible says, but he comes from a Buddhist background, so he's still kind of, thinks everything leads to the same way. So 
just prayer for him. Um, I'm staying in contact with him while he's back in China. But um, yeah, so that was one study. I think there's a picture of the guys might have of another. These are the other group of guys that I study with. So they're at our house. Um, this happens quite a lot. Um, the two guys on the ends are Japanese students and the guy in the Middle East from China. So uh, these guys I met individually, um, and they had no interest in studying the Word. And we had them to our house. Uh, we got to, yeah, got to just share with them. Uh, and Shohei, the, uh, the guy uh, that Claire is on his lap, um, he was just really interested in why we wanted to go to Albania. Um, because in their cultures, in Japanese and Chinese cultures, it's just like success is the main thing that drives them. They are all non-religious. Um, they really have no interest. It's just success is uh, kind of the pinnacle of life. So he was asking, and we told him that, um, you know, we really just wanted to sh- be able to show people um, the love of Jesus that he's shown us and changed our lives with. And um, Erica opened up a little bit more, talking about how we felt like God was um, really leading us and telling us that Albania is where he needed to go. And um, Shohei was amazed. He's just like, in Japan, there's no, we never hear of God speaking to someone. Or um, and it was kind of a, a foreign concept to him. And um, so we met, they showed some interest. So we met the next day, all three of them actually together. And anyway, I was able to share a little bit more. And um, now we're studying together. So we've been studying for. I think four weeks now with these guys so we're kind of walking through the old testament um and it's just it's interesting because they have no there's no baseline it's just going into it fresh so really pray for these guys it's yusuke pan and shohei so i studied with them on mondays kind of taking a break now for winter but um when we get back we'll start the study back up so it's really interesting what um and challenging what these guys um come with and really how the spirit is speaking through them through his word so erica has also been able to uh, start a study out of her group and uh, she meets with girls on fridays so i think she's going to share a story from um, some of her girls Over the course of the English conversation group that I taught, I had coffee with Josie several times. Her her real name is Jingyi, um, but like all of my other English or all of my other Chinese friends, they have an alternate English name, uh, alternate American name because they say that I don't say it right. <laughs> but I try. Um, so, <laughs> though she's she's never read the Bible before. And she's just basically a completely blank slate when it comes to Christianity. Uh, but through, through the times I had coffee with her and, and we went out for um, lunch, she really just began to show a lot of great interest when I talked about my love for Jesus. Um, that's one thing we're really learning this year is just to live out loud. Um, when, when we're with our Chinese friends or when I'm with Beta or um, 
Sana or Miri or any of my Albanian friends, um, Miranda or any of, any of the people I'm with, um, we're really just ta- just live out loud. Talk about your love for Jesus. See how they respond. Um, so I was talking about how, how Jesus' love had changed my life. And she began to show a lot of interest. And so she agreed to gather her friends. And she invited me into her home so that we could study the Bible together. So over the course of the last several months, um, I've been meeting with Josie, Cheryl, Ying, Ishwan, and Mona every Friday. I think I have a picture of all of us. Um, We're eating Chinese food at a very authentic Chinese place. Um, I liked some of it, some of the food. Some of it was okay. A lot of it I didn't know what I was eating. Actually, all of it I didn't know what I was eating. So over the course of the last few months, we have worked our way through the highlights of the Old Testament. And it's just been amazing to watch these girls who have had no contact with Christians um, and no knowledge of the God that I serve whatsoever just come to their own conclusions each week about the character of God and how they're going to live their lives differently because of what they're reading and who they're going to tell this new story to each week. Um, and it's just interesting because we don't always share what we learn, but these girls each week say, I'm going to call my grandma back home and I'm going to tell her this story. Or I'm going to call my brother back in China and tell him this story. Or I'm going to tell my roommate. Um, if we have the ability to turn the live stream off, I can have a video to show you of these girls reading the Bible for the first time. Solemn faces, these precious, incredibly intelligent women 
took turns reading verses about how the Jewish people from long ago were required to sacrifice a perfect, unblemished sheep if they sinned. And I was just, I was praying the whole time because I didn't know how they were going to take, the, take this passage of scripture. Um, it's pretty gory. Um, but at the end of the reading, I asked the group the same, the same question I asked them every week. Um, so what do you feel this passage tells you about God? And immediately Josie spoke up um, and she said, I believe this shows us that God is trustworthy. He is not a flip-flop God. So I was a little taken aback and I was kind of confused. So I just, I asked her to expound. What do you mean by this? And her answer just floored me. She said, well, if God is everything we have been discovering he is, if he is kind and loving and just and good, then it would make sense that he could not be okay with what is bad. If the God that I am reading about says that he is all these things that I am learning to love about him, but also thought it was okay to be bad, then I do not know that I could trust this kind of the God. She always calls him the God. This is what she said. This is what she told me. And I just thought, wow, this is the theology of one who has never studied the Bible. And she was getting it. And, and to us, this may not seem that amazing, but you have to understand these girls are blank slates. They have never even heard of the God until four months ago. And she got it. Another really sweet girl, she spoke up and she said, yes, yes, I believe this is right. And at least he was kind enough to make the sacrifice a sheep, not instead of a human. But I do have one question. Why are we not required to still make sacrifices today? People still make sins, yes? So at this point, I flipped to Isaiah 53. And I followed along in my English Bible while the girls took turns reading this chapter in Chinese. And we read the whole chapter. Um, here are a few snippets from that chapter we read. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken smitten my God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb to the slaughter and like a sheep before its shears are silent, so he opened not his mouth. By the end of this chapter, there were tears in several of the girls' eyes. And the Holy Spirit had just descended on our group. It was quiet. And finally, Cheryl spoke up and, and said in a really somber tone, So I think I know why. 
I know why I don't have to sacrifice. Because he, he did it for me. God became my sheep. These girls got it. They got it that morning. They understood that God had become the ultimate lamb that took away the sins of the world. I was in tears, and so was Josie. And she quietly said, she said, I don't think I love anyone that much. And I know no one has loved me that much. That was three weeks ago. And I, I walked away with a skip in my step. And then two weeks ago on Friday, we began the New Testament. It was just such perfect timing because I got to be the first person on earth to tell them the Christmas story. <laughs> so we read about Jesus, who was God in flesh, come to earth in the most unassuming way possible. And there was discussion about why the God of the universe wouldn't choose to come as a king and be born in an important city to important parents. And all of the questions I had anticipated from a culture who values honor, like the Chinese, especially to this group of girls who are chasing success and power and, and working hard to make their parents proud, um, as all of them are only children, having been born under the, the one-child policy in China. And through these discussions, I had the opportunity to take them to Philippians 2, where Paul talks about what Jesus really values, where he said that though Jesus was in the form of God, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but instead he made himself nothing and came in the form of a tiny, vulnerable baby, prone to all the same hurts and pains that we feel, Paul emphasizes he came in the form of a servant and he encouraged us to be of like mind. And I knew all of this sounded crazy to these girls and I wanted to open it up for a discussion and I looked at Josie and she had a very confused look on her face. So I gently encouraged her to share what she was feeling. But the answer I got was not at all what I expected and it was all I could do not to burst out laughing. Well, Erica, I am still just a bit confused. We are spending all this time talking about how God made himself human to become a sacrifice, yes? Yes. But this is not what you said last week, so I am confused. Well, Josie, what, what do you mean this is not what I said last week? <coughs> well, last week, I thought we read in the Bible that he said he came as a sheep. Not a human. It said he came as a sheep. And now you say he is human. So I am confused. This girl actually thought that God made himself an animal. This is how plain these girls are. So I was a bit disappointed that maybe she didn't get it quite as well as I had thought. Um, but once I cleared up what symbolism was, what that meant in English, and she said, oh, okay, this makes much more sense to me now. 
I was wondering why they would torture an innocent sheep. I said, well, Jesus was human, and he was also innocent, and they also tortured him. She says, oh, yes, I guess this is worse. The girls began to reflect with their new knowledge of Jesus' servant-style life here on earth and leaving his grand home in heaven and what kind of love that must mean for them. Yuswan said, The passage last week said that he carried all of my pain and sins when he died. So why does he even let me sin when he knew it would cause him so much pain? Ying, my sweet, tiny, shy girl, spoke up and and replied quite quickly. She said, I have been thinking about this all week, actually, and I think I know the answer. I think it is because he loves us so much. He wants a real kind of relationship with him. The kind that I have with my boyfriend. The one that we choose to be in because we love him back. But if we can choose him, we can also, how do you say, not choose him. That is how relationships work. So I guess he was willing to feel the pain of my rejection. As we closed and hugged goodbye before Christmas break, I said, girls, you do know this is why we celebrate Christmas, yes? that we are celebrating the fact that Jesus came to earth as a little baby all those years ago so that we can have the kind of relationship that Ying is talking about, that two-way, being loved more than we can imagine kind of relationship with him now. They just looked at each other back and forth with wonder, and Josie just had these huge bright eyes and said, My mom back in China keeps asking me about this festival here and what it's about and why people here celebrate it. And I just keep on saying, I don't know. I can't wait to call her when it's daytime in China and tell her the good news. It is good news. Jesus is changing these girls' hearts. And they are still not ready to make a commitment to Christ. But I believe that they are very, very close. Please help me pray for these five girls, especially on Fridays. We meet at 9 o'clock your guys' time. I'd love it if you take time to pray for them. And also for Gabe's men that he meets with throughout the week. You should ask him to tell some of his stories sometime. They're pretty amazing. As, God, as Gabe said, God is at work in New York City, and we're so grateful for the opportunity to be sharing the good news that God did indeed send his son as a human baby 2,000 years ago, and he loved us enough to become the final sacrifice for our sins. <laughs> As I've said before, um, God has called us to go to the ends of the earth. But New York City is unique in the fact that the ends of the earth
come to New York City. And what a beautiful opportunity to just uh, see God working with people in America that don't know about Jesus. In just uh, a couple of moments, we're going to come to the table. But before we do so, I want to just, uh, I want to pray for these five young ladies as well as the ones that Gabe is working with. Could we just ask God, could we just join our voices and our hearts, our minds, our spirits, and just ask God to do something amazing in their hearts so that they would not just get it cerebrally, but they would accept Jesus as Savior of their lives. Father, I want to just pray for these young ladies these young men that Lord intellectually they are way beyond what I am and probably many of us are here educationally as well Father I pray that you would just soften their hearts and minds Lord I pray that they would come to understand the Christmas story that they would truly get it and receive Him. Father, I pray that even now, as they take a couple of weeks off for the break, that they would be able to get away from the truth of Your Word, that Your Word would just continue to penetrate their heart through the Holy Spirit, that Your Word would capture them, that just on their own they would go to Your Word. And we know that when people are into the word that your Holy Spirit will be there says your word will not return void and and I pray that there would just be that quickening in our hearts and minds Lord for us here this morning as we come to the table I pray that this would be such a meaningful time Lord bless these elements the bread the juice as we partake give us just a little glimpse of Jesus Christ on the cross body a body that was bruised and broken Lord the blood that was coming down from the very top of his head where the crown of thorns was on down to where the spears had gone in him the spikes the beating Lord give us a new glimpse of the suffering which was love for us. Lord, I pray that today would be extra special. We've all partaken of communion many, many times before. But I pray that there would be something different about it today. That we would see Jesus Christ high and lifted up, seated on His throne. That we would just fall on our faces before Him and worship Him, thank Him for everything He's done for us. Father, I pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. This church, we practice open communion, which means even if you're not part of our church, if you're part of the family of God, if your heart is right with God, we would encourage you to come. Three tables here. Would you just come make your way if you want to partake here at the altar, pray at the altar. You're welcome to do so if you want to take it back. 
to your seats, you're welcome to do so. Let's just come. Let this be a meaningful time as we commune with our Savior. You're free to come right now. criminals and every Pharisee you came for hypocrites even one like me you carried sin and shame the guilt of every man the weight of all I've done Nailed into your hands Oh, your love bled for me Oh, your blood in crimson streams meant to kill is my victory oh your amazing grace I've seen and tasted it it's running through my veins I can't escape its grip In you my soul is safe You cover Christmas Day, and uh, let me leave you with these thoughts, what I want for Christmas. I want every child to grow up with parents who tuck them into warm beds on cold nights with a kiss, a hug, and prayers of assurance that 
They're loved by them and by God. I also want the most innocent and vulnerable among us, preborn children, to be protected under the rule of law. I want God's gift of marriage to be celebrated, not redefined. I want our nation's school kids to walk in and out of their classrooms, not having to look over their shoulder wondering if their school is safe. I want a world where we celebrate, not denigrate, those committed followers of Jesus Christ who are bold enough to speak up and live Christianity in society. I also want to live in a colorblind society among people who see the character of a person, not the pigment of their skin or their place on the social class ladder. I want our leaders to respect our religious freedoms and not force us to choose between violating our conscience and following the laws of the land. I want peace, not war. Militarily, politically, physically, socially, and emotionally. I want peace. Mind you, I'm not naive. Ever since sin entered the world in the Garden of Eden, paradise seems to have been beyond our reach. But I believe it's good for us to look up from our world of misery and consider the miracle of Christmas. The grand miracle, as as C.S. Lewis so aptly put it, and if I could just read a short paragraph from C.S. Lewis, God descends to reascend. He comes down, down from the heights of absolute being into time and space, down into humanity, down to the very roots and seabed of the nature He has created. But He goes down to come up again. And to bring the ruined world up with him. One has the picture of a strong man stooping lower and lower to get himself underneath some great complicated burden. He must stoop in order to lift. He must almost disappear under the load before he incredibly straightens his back and marches off with the whole mass swaying on his shoulders. Today's Christmas. As we pause to celebrate the birth of Jesus, let us lift up our eyes and ponder anew the miracle of Christmas. Ladies and gentlemen, may you have a Merry Christmas. And remember, it's about Jesus. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thanks for coming. You've been listening to the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Our messages are archived at www.eldochurch.com or to order compact discs or DVD videos of the messages, call the church at 417-876-2200. Thank you for listening.